If you have a copy of God's Word, turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 2. We are going to be in 1 Kings chapter 2, looking at the first four verses of that passage. Um, and we'll get there in just a moment, but uh, give you a, a heads up and a, uh, and a start to find 1 Kings. Just to let you know, it's right before 2 Kings, if you're having trouble. And uh, that should uh, help you out. First and Second Samuel, First Kings, Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles. So there's you about six books. Uh, go to First Kings chapter two. When I say be strong, who comes to mind? If I if I ask you, all right, picture a a a man who was strong. Some of us, if we are thinking about the Bible, we might say Samson. Some of us might look at a fictional character and say Superman. One of the guys that I read about this week who was a man, I mean, he was a strong man, was a president. His name was Teddy Roosevelt. And some of the reasons that I think that he was a strong man were these. He wrote a moose. I mean, you got to be a strong man if you're going to ride a moose. He not only rode a moose, but he took down an armed cowboy during a barroom brawl one night, crossed a frozen river just to chase some boat thieves. He worked a ranch in the Dakotas. He flew a Wright Brothers airplane. When people would come to the White House, he, would, he, he had a, a boxing ring set up in the White House, and he would challenge his guests to get in the ring. And those who were dumb enough to get in the ring, he would bloody their nose no matter who they were because he was a strong man. But probably one of the greatest feats of him being a strong man happened in October of 1912. He was on the trail, the the campaign trail, and... Teddy Roosevelt found himself up in the Midwest, and it was in October, and he was to make a huge speech in front of hundreds, if not thousands, that evening. And a gentleman came, right, almost point blank, and shot Teddy Roosevelt in the chest with a 32. Two inches into his chest, the bullet was there, and he stood up in front of the people for this campaign speech, and he stated, now, because I got shot in the chest earlier today, I'm going to have to make this speech short. And 53 minutes later, he finished his speech in a pool of his own blood as he is standing there speaking. On an island in the Potomac River, rightly named Roosevelt Island, there is a monument. And here's what the monument reads. It is a quote from Teddy Roosevelt. He states this, A man's usefulness depends upon him living up to his ideals insofar as he can. It's hard to fail, but it's worse never to have tried to succeed. All daring and courage, all ironed Endurance of misfortune make for a finer and nobler type of manhood. And then here's the sentence. Only those are fit to live who do not fear to die. And none are fit to die who have shrunk 
from the joy of life and the duty of life. We are in the middle, coming toward the end of our series that we have entitled Man Up. Today we look at the section of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 and 14, that, that passage, those, that sentence that is our jumping off point. We've seen be watchful. Next week we will finish our series as we see stand firm in the faith. All along we have been talking about act like men. Today, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. That's where we started. But this morning, I want us to look at those two words, be strong. And to do that, I could have gone in a number of different places, could have and almost did look at uh, the command that was given seven times to a man by the name of Joshua. Joshua, in the book of Deuteronomy, is commanded three times by Moses in the chapter 30 and 31 of Deuteronomy. He is commanded three times to be strong, to not be anxious. And then in Joshua chapter 1, four times God commands him in those verses of chapter 1 to be strong and courageous. But as I looked at what we're going to read in 1 Kings chapter 2, I thought this is the direction we need to go. And so this morning as we look at being strong, I want you to see a, a challenge, a word of challenge, and then I would love for us to see a word of continuance from David. And here's what David states in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 1, down through verse 4. When David's time to die drew near, he commanded Solomon, his son, saying, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. Be strong. Show yourself a man. Some translations say act the man or, or play the man. Be strong and show yourself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules, and his testimonies as it is written in the law of Moses. And here's the reason. So that, that you may prosper in all that you do, and wherever you turn, that the Lord may establish his word that he spoke concerning me, saying, if your sons pay close attention to their way, to walk before me in faithfulness with all their heart and with all their soul, soul you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Heavenly Father, as we look at this passage this morning, would you show us this word of challenge and would you show us this word of continuance for every man, for every woman, for every boy and girl in the room today? You have called all of us, Lord, to be strong. You have challenged the greatest of men of ages past. You have challenged us 
here today and everyone in between to be who you have created us to be. To live and not shrink back. To be strong. So Father, if the ears are those of a female or if the ears are those of a male in this place today, would you speak and may we hear For you are asking and you are desiring for us to come close to you, to hear you, and to follow you. God, I ask this in your son's name. Amen. Look what David says to his son Solomon. What what a sobering conversation. He calls his boy in, and this is right after you, you go look in, um, in a previous chapter. There is a, a debate that is going on. One of David's other sons have, has got all his friends around him, and he has already been walked through a city, and he has been called king, and Bathsheba, Solomon's mom, gets with Nathan and says, Hey, Nathan, don't you remember that day when David said that Solomon would be king? What's going on with that over there? And Nathan says, Let's go in and let's talk to your husband, the king. And he goes in and he talks. And as they are talking, um, Bathsheba comes in and she talks first. And he says, uh, Okay, let me get Nathan. Nathan comes in. Bathsheba's Courted out, escorted out of the, of the king's court. Nathan comes in and talk. Then both of them come back in and they talk. And David's like, all right, go tell Solomon. Nathan, you go and you make all this right. And Nathan does. And right after this, David says to Solomon, hey, I'm about to die. Sobering words from a dad to a son. The next Statement is, you be strong. It is a command. It is something that is given from a father to a son. But even more than that, this is a king handing over the title to his successor. Have you ever been in a room? You've ever been in a situation, not in a room, but in a situation where you were second in command. You were second fiddle and, and you were looking up to the person ahead of you in line. You were looking up to the person who had all the responsibility. You said, man, if I ever had this job, if I ever had this title, here's how I would do it. And then one day you get that title. You're like, whoo, that's some weight right there. If I ever become a dad, I know I'm not going to act like my dad. Well, look at the mirror now. Whenever I become a mom, which I never will, but whenever I become a mom, I'm never going to talk to my daughter the way that my mom talked to me. What was that statement you said last week? And now think about it. Here's Solomon. He grew up in the palace. He he knew all, all the traditions. He knew all the ways. He knew everything that needed to be known about being a king, except for having the weight of being the king on him. And David knows this weight for years, decades. He has had this weight on him, first as the king over one tribe and then the king over all the tribes 
for three plus decades. And he says, son, I'm about to die. You be strong. You, Solomon, play the man. Act like a man. Be a man. What a challenge. And then do you see how he describes how he could be a man? How he could be a strong man? He doesn't say, hey, you got to do so many push-ups. You, you got to go work out here and there. You got to do this. You got to build all these things. You've got to command all your army this way. He said, nope, here's, if you're going to be the man and be strong, here's what he states. Keep charge of the Lord your God. If you're going to be strong, men and ladies, you and I must walk in his ways, keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules, his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses. Why? So that you might prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. The challenge before you and me to be men this morning, guys, to be ladies, to be what God has created you to be is this. we got to be strong. And how you do that is you walk in this. You walk right here. His statutes, his rules, his commands, his testimonies, his ways are all written from Genesis through Revelation, and it is all right here. And as it is right here, he says, this is how you, Solomon, this is how you, River Bend, sir, ma'am, if you're going to be strong, the challenge before you is to walk right here. So be strong. I don't know if David, in this meeting with Solomon, recited Psalm 119. But if you flip over to Psalm 119, every single description of God's Word, David puts right here in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 3. All of his statutes, all of his ways, all of his commandments, all of his rules, his testimonies, the law, all of that describes every single verse of Psalm 119. He uses those descriptions to speak of God's Word. Verse after verse, 176 of them. And David states to Solomon, be strong. And how you and I are to be strong, you and I are to be in his word. But not only do we see that there's this word of challenge. May I take the challenge one step further and bring to you and to myself a word of continuance. Read verse 4 one more time. I'll read it aloud. You follow along and think about it. The reason that you and I are to walk in his ways, keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules, his testimonies, and the written law of Moses is for this, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. And, verse 4, that the Lord may establish his word that he spoke concerning me, this is David talking, saying, if your sons pay close attention to their way, to walk before me in faithfulness with all their heart and with all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. 
If Solomon would stay the course, David is saying. Sir, if you would stay the course. David is saying to you and to me, just as he was saying to his son Solomon, that he would direct his son to do the same. And that his son would direct his grandson and his great-grandson and his great-great-grandson. Now, sure, you and I don't know what's going to happen with our great-great-grandkids. We're not going to be around when our great-great-grandkids become men and women. But I would say this, that if you would follow after the Lord with everything that you have, sir, ma'am, if you would devote yourself to everything that this word, that his word states to you and to me, then your kids would be trained, would be reared up in such a way that they would more than likely pass it on to their kids, that they would more than likely pass it on to their kids, and that your great-grandkids would follow our Father. Oh, dads, today the challenge is before us. Ladies, the challenge is before you. Men, to act like men. Ladies, to act like ladies. To be strong. Oh, moms, the challenge is before you to live out what God has done in you in such a way that your children see it. Men, that you and I would live it out in such a way that we would speak of how great the change has happened inside of us. So that our kids would see it. Our kids would know it. Our kids would love it. Our kids would live that way. You know, the word that is uh, written here, to be strong, has two connotations. And those connotations are spoken of in two different Greek words in the whole of the New Testament. Let me kind of close this morning this way and just describe for you the two words in the New Testament. One word that you probably not just heard of, but you probably associate with power or strength. And it is the word dunamis, where we get our word dynamite. Dunamis is the the power to do things even beyond our natural ability. It is that that powerful word of dynamite that there is this explosion that takes place and that explosion is from a a a small package but does great power comes from it great strength but then there is a second word for power and strength in the new testament it is a word that maybe you have not heard of but the word is exousia And exousia is the power not to do something that is within your power to do. It it takes dunamis to bench press 200 pounds, but it takes exousia to stop at one double stuff Oreo. It is the willpower. And in that, both of those are needed for you and for me to be strong. One author put it this way as he was trying to describe the difference between these two powers. Jesus could have exercised his dunamis, killing the soldiers who were literally killing him. But instead of exercising that power, he exercised his willpower. 
the line of the tribe of Judah let the Romans flog him, mock him, spit on him. The ancient of days let them rip off his robe, put a crown of thorns on his head, and the omnipotent one let them nail him to a cross. Men and women, may we act the man today. Not just in this aspect of being a man or a woman with dunamis power, but in our willpower. Maybe our willpower needs to uh, not say some words in a situation that it would be extremely easy for us to say those words. Or maybe we flip it and we say words that we know we need to say in a hard situation, in a hard moment. Let me give you one more illustration and I close. October the 16th, 1555, England found itself at a crossroads. Prior to 1553, there was an Anglican on the throne, pretty much all the existence of the United Kingdom up to that moment. But there came one who became queen, and she was no longer an Anglican. She was a Catholic. And there were three men, namely, who became known as the Oxford Martyrs, one Bishop Hugh Latimer, Nicholas Ridley, and Thomas Cranmer. On October the 16th, 1555, after being jailed for a number of weeks, Mary commanded that they be brought out into the middle of the square and there be a pile and three stakes, a pile of wood and three stakes, and these three men were tied, bound, and placed at those three stakes, and this is what happened. Latimer, Ridley, and Cranmer were all bound. All had spent numerous days praying, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to escape the fire. But as the three saw one with a torch walking in front, and as that one beneath Ridley's feet, flames started to rise, here's what Latimer uttered. The same words spoken of almost 1,200 years previous of a man named Polycarp, He stated this, we shall light this day a light such a candle by God's grace in England that I trust shall never be put out. Polycarp continued the statement and he said, how can I? How can I turn after some 80 years that my Savior has stood by my side that I would turn in this moment from his? I don't know what your week's going to be like. Probably not going to be you put at a stake. Just guessing. Just guessing. But I don't know what your week's going to be like. But I do know that there will be challenges in front of you, sir, and in front of you, ma'am. Some that you are aware of that they're coming, and some that we don't know that they're just going to come right in front of us. And not knowing what is coming, may you and I prepare even now. To be strong. To play the man. 
or woman in such a way that we might walk in His ways, His statutes, His commands, and His testimonies so that when those trials come, small and great, we too might light a candle that would never be blown out. You're like, oh, it's just going to be another Monday. May not. Maybe your last Monday. Maybe your greatest Monday. It's just going to be another week. May not. Maybe the hardest week that you will ever face. Are you ready? Be strong. Heavenly Father, you know what's going to take place this week. Father, you know the situations that we're going to walk into. Lord, you know the the bosses that are going to be after us to meet this deadline and to have these things done. You know the, the moments in front of a customer where someone messed up and we have to stand in front of them and And just take it. Father, you know the conversations that are going to take place between a doctor and a patient in the coming days. You know the the eyes that we see with are going to look at parents and grandparents as they are, are going down in their health. Or Father, even that a sudden phone call. Father, may we Right now, be preparing ourselves for hard moments, trials, knowing that one day every single one of us, we may not have the conversation, Father, but every single one of us are going to look at our kids and say, we're going the, the, the whole way of the earth, and it's over. Thank you for the challenge. And God, may we walk, may I walk in such a way that there is this continuance of Tillman's generations to come. Sir, I don't know if you've squandered weeks and months and years not being the man, the husband, the Dad, ma'am, I don't know if you have let those moments go by. We can't go back. We can't change them, but we can set from this moment forward that we will be the wife, the husband, the mom, the dad, the man, the woman that God created you and me to be. So River Bend, adults, the challenges set in front of you. Students, years will go by before you become an adult, maybe. A husband, a wife. But may you take those moments and those days leading up to that moment. To walk in his ways. Father, would you move? Would you speak? Would you draw us to yourself? Church, would you respond? We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. You stand and join with us.
time of invitation, a time of response.